Hello everybody and welcome back to Discerning Consciousness. Um, I'm your host Ant and I'm once again joined by my co-host Mike. Hello Mike. Hi, nice to be here. It's good to have you on board again. And today we are talking about spiritual bypassing. So we're going to look into, uh, first of all, who coined the phrase and where it first originated from. Uh, then we're going to look at different types of spiritual bypassing and then we're going to offer some solutions because we always like to offer solutions here at Discerning Consciousness Mike as you're well aware. Yeah it's always the best thing to do because just giving problems and then walking away is a bit, I don't know, taking the energy away. <laughs> yeah and it's not, not great when you're trying to uh, promote consciousness based on deepening uh, your consciousness. So um, in that vein we're going to be looking at ideas around spiritual discernment, um, different things that you can do in order to not fall into the trap of spiritual bypassing. Right, we'll crack straight on with uh, a quote here I've got. So the term spiritual bypassing was originally coined by psychologist John Wellwood uh, and therapist and teacher in 1984, as he explained in an interview, and I quote, um, spiritual bypassing is a term I coined to describe a process I saw happening in the Buddhist community I was in, and also in myself. Although most of us were sincerely trying to work on ourselves, I noticed a widespread tendency to use spiritual ideas and practices to sidestep or avoid facing unresolved emotional issues, psychological wounds and unfinished developmental tasks. So it's interesting that he, um, John Wellwood, who only died just over a year ago, unfortunately, that he noticed this within um, a Buddhist community itself, because it's like that's the one place you would imagine spiritual pass bypassing wouldn't exist. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> it's a bit odd. I mean, yeah, I've noticed it myself in a lot of kind of like um, groups and places you go to that spiritual people like to meet. I see a lot of it there, but yeah, the last place you thought you'd see that. Mm. And also um, some other research that I found was um, there's an author called... Uh, Craig Holiday, that's H-O-L-L-I-D-A-Y, uh, he's written a book called Fully Human, Fully Divine, and this is a uh, another really nice quote which actually fleshes out um, the words of John Wellwood just a little bit, so and I quote, spiritual bypassing is the art on <coughs> unconscious movement of using spiritual concepts, teachings or experiences to deny, transcend or ignore our human life. If left unchecked, the art of spiritual bypassing leads us uh, deeper divided in our spiritual and human self and what I like about that Mike is the fact um, he says about ignoring our human life because I think one of the main aspects of um, spiritual bypassing what we'll look into in a moment is this idea right I'm a spiritual being now you know I'm, I'm trying to maybe reach higher states of consciousness I might be using psychedelics or I might be doing certain types of spiritual practice. It might be mantras. It might be meditation. And in the process of doing all these things, you know, we forget to pay the milkman or <laughs> you know, we forget to pay our car insurance or, or the rent or the mortgage. It's, you know, the journey is about creating manif or ma manifesting material abundance. So we're comfortable, but also alongside uh, the spiritual journeys well it's like straddling two horses isn't it and yeah. that's a difficulty i mean this is one thing i find um quite odd but i totally understand um it when it comes to a lot of people make the misconception that um being spiritual is not also being physical and in the real yeah, world in sure. that sense yeah. um and i often um put that down to the 
fluffiness and fairiness that normally comes into a lot of spiritual ideas that um, at least Western people have. Yeah, because for a lot of people's entry point, it's sort of like uh, it's angels, it's angelic healing, it's crystals, it's crystal healing, Reiki, it's Reiki, it's chakras, and you know all of those things are great. They're wonderful, but if that's the total uh, of it, if, or if that's the total of your spiritual um, progression then, yeah, you're leaving out quite a lot, aren't you? Is that the point that you're making? Not just that. It's like the very idea of what it means to be spiritual. Sure. Um, you know, they kind of, like, put it on a pedestal and think, oh, my God, it's this higher attained thing. It's sure. with the angels. I must ascend and not be in the physical world anymore. Um, whereas, actually, it's to, it's to be more in the physical world and to be more empowered in your own body in that sense yeah it's actually to be more conscious in the moment and be more present to the moment and if anything yeah, yeah and if anything because they're in the clouds with these ideas they're less in the moment they're actually they're actually pulling away from themselves aren't they and just lastly the point i'd like to make is for me it's really as simple as avoiding or escaping difficult decisions or choices or actions that we need to take for me take away you could just take away the word spiritual and just call it life bypassing yeah i mean to be honest that that does happen a lot um and if anything i would say there's a couple of types of this sort of bypassing there's the the unconscious and the conscious bypassing i mean some problems um just reside in our in our blinkers our blind spots and we don't realize we have them and often later or not it turns out we have to be shown these issues and situations that make us feel uncomfortable mm, and that's why it's helpful like um we've worked a lot with heather heaton who's um uh, contributed a lot to the show uh, hopefully well again in the future um you know who who's revealed to us some of our blind spots and you do need someone that you can trust because if you're just doing it yourself it's very difficult yeah i mean i would say a lot of the process of shamanics is um trying to have a deeper understanding of yourself and how you fit into the world, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, sure. So, Mike, now, um, we'll crack on with more specifics uh, now. We'll just break down in terms of what spiritual bypassing is for the benefit of our listeners. And many of these things they'll probably be aware of, um, so it's good to revisit them. So the first point, um, uh, common phenomena, is what I would describe is, I came up with this phrase, the eternal optimist. So this is someone, an individual, who's unwilling to accept the existence of darkness or evil in the world. They live in a kind of spiritual fluffy bubble, like you were talking about, Mike. And they can tend to be naive and unrealistic, might be well-intentioned. Um, it's common amongst spiritual people who are unwilling to look at conspiracy theory, shall we say, or <laughs> terms of histories, I've found. Um, these types of people will surround themselves with other eternal <laughs> optimists, as I call them. And, yeah, I, I just feel that, for me, it, this is the classic form of spiritual bypassing in that, well, I don't want to hear you talking about dark or sinister things or, or the shadow, because in this group, at least, we just talk about, you know, uh, consciousness in terms of, you know, bright, fluffy things, empowering things. I, I can give an anecdote um, about 15 years ago as part of a spiritual group locally here in Southampton on the south coast of the UK for our foreign listeners. And I remember I was at an event once and I just happened to be talking to someone there about globalization. I think I was just talking about China. I wasn't even referring to conspiracy theories. I wasn't going the whole hog. And I was told, oh, you can't talk about those things here. What? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So it can, it can, 
you know, it can get ramped up to a level where it's almost like this fascistic <laughs> form of control. It, it is that way because they literally have to micromanage and control everything that passes through them because they feel like, oh, any any negative energy is going to disrupt my uh, balance and yeah, we sure. can't have that. Yeah. And, and I just find that, if anything, all they're revealing is the fact that they're so unstable in their lives yeah. that anything can knock them off course. Yeah, I mean, it's characterised, of course, by... Love, light and bliss. This is kind of like the slang sort of derogatory phrase for people like this. And, you know, don't get me wrong. Look, these people, they're very nice, kind, well-intentioned people. But like you say, they might have, uh, you know, they might be emotionally unbalanced if they can't even deal with, you know, talking about globalisation or seeing that as darkness then they could have probably find it difficult to deal with life. I mean, yeah, it's literally an avoidance tactic, um, which is essentially like putting your head in the sand. Yeah, sure. So I'm sure many of our listeners of um, in their day-to-day lives and whatever spiritual practices and involvement in spiritual communities they have, they've encountered the uh, eternal optimist, as I call it. <laughs> so moving on to our the second main type of spiritual bypassing, or the type of characteristic, I've called it the Enlightenment Junkie. So this is the kind of person that's constantly seeking to reach or obtain higher states of consciousness, struggles to thrive in the physical 3D world, is often seeking an escape from the rigours of everyday life, can also have a superiority complex, and can be used by self-proclaimed spiritual martyrs or gurus. So this is really, I mean, again, this is... Uh, this is a very, very common thing. This relates, again, to the types of people who, we'll talk about this later, Mike, who become obsessed with taking, you know, hallucinogenics. I was going to say, is there drugs involved in that group? <laughs> because, you know, they want to reach this uh, higher state of consciousness. And I think with this also, there's this sense in which, um, you know, there's a them and us type of attitude in that, you know, they might have had a peak experience or a moment of enlightenment and then they use that and then they take that forward as if that's being the norm. But the whole point is that it is fleeting. The point is it's very difficult to to make that a constancy, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure if this fits into this group or not, but um, with the whole thing of, like, I am more spiritual than thou, yeah. um, I've met uh, quite a lot of those sort of people. Sure. Um, but surprisingly, I often find it um, more in the first group with the, the whole, oh, oh, I am more sensitive to this sort of stuff. Sure, or yeah. could you turn down the, the oh, light temperature? That's because... funny you should say that we're just coming on to that point. Oh, okay. Then. <laughs> yeah. So that, that, this, that's the next one that you're talking about, which is I've coined the phrase playing the victim. So this is where they'll have a skill, like they'll claim that they're an empath or a highly sensitive person or whatever. And it's like, oh, I just can't cope with life. Yeah, they... they Rather than saying, right, okay, I am sensitive, but I'm going to use this tool to help others, there's this thing where they become overwhelmed. Now, there's a great, I've seen a great YouTube video where this is parody, and I'll put a link in the uh, description of this show on Podomatic. This is a guy who many of you probably heard of called AJ Sears, and he's got a very popular YouTube channel where he does spiritual teachings, but he also parodies it as well. The whole spiritual, yeah. So when he's when he's parodying it, he wears a little flower in in like in like a cap or something <laughs> on his head. But he does do a lot of serious stuff as well. Anyway, there's one parody that he does, which is absolutely spot on for this playing the victim, and he plays um, an indigo child 
So he's it's only like five minutes long, <laughs> and he's in his parents' basement, and he's constantly taking off like this jacket and putting it on. And basically, if I was to describe it in one sentence, it's like. I'm just too evolved for this world. You know, the world's so unevolved. That's why, you know, I can't go out to work. So I just spend time, you know, in my parents' basement. And again, it's like uh, using or having this innate skill or in this instance, being an indigo child, having like a characteristic, but, you know, being almost crushed by it in a way, not using it in an empowering way. And that's what this uh, AJ Sears does on, on this clip. Very, very <laughs> cleverly. He does loads of... He parodies the whole, you know, gluten-free, the whole vegan. He's, he's, he's absolutely, <laughs> he's, yeah. he's, 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 he's amazing at, at what he does. So, yeah, as you alluded to, Mike, playing the victim could be examples like an empath that constantly gets overwhelmed by everyday situations in life. <clears throat> or so someone that might have an extraordinary gift, but they just see it um, as a burden, really. So... Yeah, I've I've seen this one as well, and I think sometimes maybe even I fall into that trap because I'm, I would describe myself as a sensitive person, and I'm, in some regards, I would say uh, I'm better at reading others than myself. <laughs> and, well, and, we all are because we true. look at other people; we yeah. can't look at ourselves all the true time. True enough. So that that's... although I don't know, some people are fixed to the mirror. <laughs> yeah, that's true as well. I think that's one to watch for. One, one to watch for in ourselves if we're struggling in our everyday lives. But yeah, check out the clip, AJ Sears. I'm sure you guys will enjoy it. So the fourth characteristic I've described as the spiritual junkie. So this, again, feeds back to what we're talking about. This is the kind of people, again, this is an amazing thing to do, is love exploring the nature of reality, <clears throat> expanding their minds. So they might try psychedelic drugs such as LSD, DMTs, psilocybin, mushrooms, mescaline and other effigens. Um, nothing wrong ex experimenting with these uh, substances. You know, the great Terence McKenna, uh, Timothy Leary, they, they were great uh, exponents of this and have written about it widely. So I think and it's an important thing to do. And I'm someone that's a bit scared about going down that route. So maybe my spiritual bypassing is I need to give it a go. <laughs> Do you know what? <laughs> I, I often call that group the psychonauts. The psychonauts, yeah. That's a more kindly <laughs> term, isn't it? Going into space. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I need to try it at least a few Inner times. Inner space, not outer. <laughs> but of course the problems, Mike, arise um, when they use it as a form of escapism. And then, of course, they can't deal with the day-to-day -day reality of, again, you know, paying the bills, managing your relationships, you know thriving at work or all those sorts of you know but i will say a lot of these um problems are common in all these things is the avoidance of the now the yeah, sure the everyday humdrum reality world sure and i have to admit i kind of get that because i struggle with that sort of stuff sure. yeah i mean i keep going i was just not great sure. um but i think it comes down to a lot of people who are drawn to the spiritual environment you know the um, what do you call them, indigo children in that sense, sure. because they are more heavily attuned to the higher vibrational levels of things, sure. um, the idea of being being kind of like um, sucked down and kept on this planet is kind of a, a drudgery in It's a bit sense. like having your, your wings clipped. Yeah, exactly. So, I, yeah, I understand that. I so, you I know, understand that. one of the biggest things that um, people who are into this sort of thing, like us, is work on that every day because sure. that is us achieving our spiritual wholeness in that sense. and a point i want to make with all of this discussion today uh, for our listeners uh, to be aware of the spiritual junkie 
I mean, it might be that you go on a, a an ayahuasca retreat with a fully validated shaman, of course, <laughs> as Heather would always tell us. That might be the event you need to shunt you out of your spiritual bypass. And so with all of these, again, they're very kind of clunky, these phrase, phraseologies. They overlap. So there's no, you know, prescriptive idea. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're, we're kind of like making a light of all these things and sure. saying they are a bit of a bypassing technique. But at the end of the day, there's nothing inherently wrong no, with all the things we're discussing. Exactly. It's just... Um, how you use it, like you were saying earlier, your yeah. intention towards. Yeah, what is your intention? And just things maybe to be aware of, because it may be, for our listeners, they'll think, oh yeah, Bob, God, yeah, he does that all the time, and that's really annoying. Or my friend Jane, she does that. Maybe next time I see her, I, I remind her, you know, not to take herself quite so seriously. <laughs> but I have to admit, reading through the list, I think I could point out at one time or another when I've almost done everything oh, yeah, on the me, list. So, I, absolutely. Well, apart from some of the serious drug ones. Yeah. I really want to try ayahuasca, <laughs> though. <laughs> yeah, you and me both. I think my, my big one, just before we move on to the next one, in terms of spiritual bypassing, is not doing enough of these things at the moment, Mike. I don't know how you feel about that. I feel that, um, yeah, I'm just not regularly meditating i'm not really uh, uh not like you i'm not involved in a spiritual group which i have been a lot in the past i feel like i'm yeah floundering a bit yeah i know what you know? mean but at the same time i mean for me i've been focusing on the humdrum every day because that's where i've got my issues so yeah, sure it, it's you put your focus in where you've got your biggest weakness i find so yeah, sure. you know just because we're not focusing on uh you know spiritual meditation and all that at the moment doesn't mean it's a bad thing it's just we're putting the work in where it's needed. Yeah, sure, sure, well put. Um, so the next aspect of uh, spiritual bypassing, I'd call this addiction to kind of astro. It could be astrological reading, horoscopes, psychic readings. So it's important to be aware, of course, of such cycles, astrological cycles, planetary cycles, and how they impact on our psychology. But it can become addictive. Um, where you, I call it where you live life by proxy, as it were. In other words, you, you kind of forget about that uh, capacity we all have to look inside and tap into our inner knowledge. We're constantly looking to external predictions to control the, the outcome of events in our, in, our, in our life. And that can often stem from a deep lack of trust in our own abilities. And again, astrology, you know, psychic readings, uh, psychometry, all of the clairvoyance, uh, all of these things are amazing, but the thing to watch out for is if we're using it too much and it's dampening in our own instincts or our own kind of innate abilities. What do you feel about that? I mean, I would say with this one, it comes inherently from the idea that um, brought up in the Western world with the teaching system sure. we have, we're always taught from an early age to seek answers from an outside sure. perspective. So sure. there's nothing wrong with that. Um, no, no, the only no, thing sure. I find that a lot of that... At the end of the day, all they want is to feel better at the situation, not actually sure. deal with the situation they've got at hand. So that's where the spiritual bypassing comes in. Yeah, I mean, and then the other thing, which I'm surprised you didn't mention, or I'm not sure if it's tied up with this as well, but yeah. especially with the whole star signs one, is when people use um, their excuses, like, oh, sorry, I'm just a Scorpio, we're all I... like that. I mean, like, no, don't blame it on your star sign, no, it's sure. you who did that. So sure. Yeah, and actually... Part of the journey is um, to learn how to maybe soften the less evolved uh, aspect of your <coughs> your star sign. Exactly. <laughs> not, so, not, not hide behind. Yeah, I mean, that's a ridiculous thing. Like you said, they're hiding behind a star sign. No. <laughs> yeah. Then the, 
the next one ties in very much to this one that we've just spoken about and i called it uh about having an over-reliance on spirit guides angels for protection or uh, shamanic power animals we both done journeying to find our power animal yeah. in the past which is very interesting and again this is the same theme mike about not taking personal responsi responsibility or where we become over-reliant on outside entities so it's a common theme running through all the ways in which we use spiritual bypassing to avoid personal responsibility so it's almost um, there's this possibility to develop a childlike character where we fail to gain strength and the purpose of spirit guides or shamanic paranormals or whatever they may be is to teach us rather than to be our parents if that makes sense so they're there to teach us to empower us so the first part of the journey is of course yes you need to find your guides your angels your shamanic power animal if you're on a spirit journey but once you've done that it's not like you need to keep carrying on. It's, it's when to know when to know the point at which you need to cut off, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, what was it? I think Heather told me once that um, she was having a bit of a dilemma at the mo at the time. She went to seek um, guidance from one of her guides. Yeah. She met up, tried to explain the problem, and she said in the in that journey, um, there was just nothing, no no reaction from the guide whatsoever. Sure. <laughs> And in that moment, she realised that um, that was because she needed to make a decision. She needed to go forward right. with this. Okay. It, it wasn't something that you could go to the guide for. And, no. uh, and that was an important lesson I found with, um, you know, what counts as something that is worthy enough to, sure. you know, take to your spirit guide. You know, sure. I mean, you don't go to your spirit guide like, um, I don't know what I have to, this morning for breakfast. I'm... So I have the Cheerios or the Golden Nuggets. <laughs> I mean, what do you think? <laughs> You know, you don't do that. Yeah, and it, and again, we're only going to learn by having having sufficient contact with our guides. But when do we know when it is sufficient contact with our guides, and when do we know if we're using it as a form of attachment? That's why you know the, all of these things are very difficult to to get the balance, but they're worth doing. I mean, the way I see it is, all these things are a tools and a tool about to achieve sure. the goals that we're trying to achieve. The only thing is, kind of like if you're always coming around carrying around a hammer sure yeah. everything starts to look like a nail yeah sure. um so it's again that whole idea of being um discerning in which tool we use for which job sure so the next uh, point of spiritual bypassing again is another form of attachment and i've coined the phrase guru attachment um as we just said it's important and very helpful to gain guidance from spiritual teachers uh healers because uh, we need a person who who we can trust to reveal to us our blind spots, syndromes or self-defeating defeating patterns of behaviour. But it can become all too easy uh, to become attached to that person. So in, in doing in doing that, we forget to, to fail. We fail to integrate the essence of their teachings because at some stage we need to have the confidence to move on and to be independent from that guide, that teacher, because that's. That's the whole point. We should reach a, um, a stage in our spiritual development where we no, no longer need that individual. We take on board what they've taught us, we integrate it, and we move on. And I know, like, with sometimes with Heather's teachings, you can become a little bit over a line or check in with her. I know that I have. When some instances, it should be like, well, just make that decision, Anthony. You don't need to check in. I mean, yeah, one thing I find with um, this particular thing is there's almost two levels of it. Yeah. 
Yeah. One where you get kind of like the the kind of like teacher's pet arse licker, um, who really in, yeah. is almost attached yeah, to the sure. guru in that sense. Um, and then I often find that there's sometimes other people that go for two lessons and then suddenly think, no, I can go on my own now. I know sure. everything I need to. Yeah. Um, you know, who are just delusional and think that they think they can know everything. Or they'll just, they're very quick to see flaws in the teacher or the healer. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it, it can be in two ways. And I think we struggle to find the right balance to, to know when to, to leave that. And again, yeah. I think that's um, embedded in the education system and how we're taught to learn. Um, we're not taught to go and find the information out for ourselves. Well, we're not taught to be our own teachers. We just, um, we're, we're taught to regurgitate and parrot what the teacher or the system has told us. Yeah, it's repeat after me. Yeah, one sure. plus one equals two. Sure. Two plus two equals. Yeah. And all that sort of stuff. Um, and so in that, um, there's something very kind of like Western about that. And sure. I mean, what was it? Not just Western, I would say. I remember hearing stories that um, it used to be in the yogis of India where they would do this but then over the last a hundred so years i think there's become more and more about praise the guru and sure. put the guru on a pedestal um which just wasn't like that in the no. olden times no yeah it's very interesting um so the the last point we're going to touch on mike uh, in terms of aspects of spiritual bypassing is one very close to my heart very close to my heart and i would say it's the polar opposite of the love light and bliss syndrome in that i would just call it is being constantly angry so i'll just give you a bit of backdrop to that <laughs> so on on the spiritual journey or should we say the journey of truth because spiritual journey is a very loaded phrase i know from myself certainly from 15 years ago i began to see through the lies and the deceptions of the world which i'm sure you can relate to where and i became absorbed by everything that was wrong in the world I became extremely angry and self-righteous if others didn't share my view or perspective. And I felt that that held, uh, I developed a kind of air of super, superiority or a false sense of righteousness, which created a lot of anger and resentment um, in myself. And I feel the problem with that is, you know, in a way that was spiritual bypassing because I was so fixated on everything that was wrong with the world, looking at things like alternative histories um conspiracies truth seeker type material all that kind of um all that kind of stuff really to the detriment of the more spiritual teachings esoteric teachings which came later on really uh, the empowering information and i feel that's that's a form of spiritual bypassing where you don't want to have anything to do with it because you're so you're so wary of the whole love, light and bliss. And I was a bit like that. I was like, well, I'm not going to be like those idiots. You know, I'm going to go home and do more research and find out, you know, how the system, how the system really works and how we're all being deceived. So I know that's another trap to avoid. Do you know what? The interesting thing is um, when I was first learning about everything, the conspiracies and the spiritual stuff, I was trying to research them both at the same time. Mm. And I found that um, if anything, the conspiracy stuff got less um, arguments against it sure. than the spiritual stuff did. Like, sure. if you went down the spiritual with some people when I was researching this, oh my god, that was, that was you know, not a kind of worms you wanted to open. No. But if you said something a tiny bit conspiracy, they might be like, oh, that sounds interesting, juicy, yeah, interesting sure. theory, but... 
and you know I, I found it interesting how it's almost that the spiritual stuff has been kind of like mocked more sure yeah, it, and it, especially in today's environment where all the conspiracies are turning out to be true. Mainstream, yeah, sure. <laughs> it, it's again, it goes back to a previous episode we did about, you know, the world being in polarity, where you have this division, don't you? Where it's like, you know, as we've said numerous times, you're either spiritual or actually, you know, you're into your conspiracies, you're into, you know, looking at, you know, the real reason why wars take place famine the debt based the, the you know debt based monetary system vaccines uh, chemtrails the whole the whole thing and then on the other side you've got spiritual people and you know that one of the whole reasons why we set up this podcast was to bridge the gap between the two yeah. and say they're actually integrated well they have been for me because a, a large part of my spiritual journey has been about um realizing that whilst understanding how you know the depth of the deception and evil in the world at a certain point i realized i had to uh, pull back from that because otherwise i was just going to destroy myself so it was very helpful along the way and it doesn't mean that i'm no longer interested in conspiracy theories but what it means i now view them in a different context yeah i mean viewing it in a different context is so important because like we were said in a couple of episodes ago about the whole there's two walls which one do you feed yeah. um if people go onto these, um, you know, conspiracy rabbit holes and they yeah. just keep on going down and down and down, researching more and more and more, all they're doing essentially is chucking a lot of negativity in their face yeah. and then wondering why everything's getting so bad for them in that sense. Sure, yeah. And and the thing is, there is there is um, so much like with the, in, the impending introduction of uh, 5G and so many different things that you can focus your time on and you can Face get scanning lost. scanning technology in the UK soon. Yeah. They're, they're... Even though EU is trying to ban it. <laughs> yeah. So there is so much to get lost in. And again, part of the journey, the spiritual journey, is to realise, right, okay, this evening I've done enough of that. Now I'm going to look at the empowering material. And, and it's, it's really difficult. I still find it really difficult. I mean, one of the things I found most interested in is people who do get caught up with the movie screen. And at the end of the day, all these conspiracies, it's just a movie being played out. Sure. Um, you're getting drawn in, drawn in, drawn in, so much so that um, you've lost perspective. Sure, yeah. And once you lose perspective, that's when you lose control, I find. Sure, yeah. And, um, you know, it's just where you, where you want to put your energy in. I would say the greatest thing about um, spirituality when you get into it deeply is it draws your attention back to yourself in the here or now sure. um, to balance oneself and yeah. to, you know, be a more discerning person, I yeah. would say. And funny you should use the word discerning or discernment. <laughs> uh, we're moving on to part two now, uh, Mike. Uh, so what we're talking about now is we've spoken at length about different aspects of spiritual bypassing. We're now going to look at maybe ways in which you can counteract that or you can maybe prevent yourself from falling into spiritual bypassing. And we've called, called this, um, it's about practicing spiritual discernment. So that essentially starts with the idea of to know thyself. So it's commonly known or more parochially known as soul searching. So in order to know thyself, we have to do things like shadow work. It might well involve attending spiritual workshops, seminars, psychotherapy, psychotherapy working with a, a former 
working with a spiritual mentor. And it's about being prepared to face the hard truth about ourselves. And it can be that we might uh, try this, uh, which I've done a few times. Sorry, I should say listeners might want to try it, which is a very simple, powerful practice in terms of getting to know thyself. Is if you just sit quietly is why am I why am I feeling doing saying thinking this so whatever you're processing whilst you're sitting there if you feel defensive uncomfortable or threatened you probably stumbled across the truth but it's about being willing to admit you know when you've made a mistake and also to be honest about your strengths and weaknesses and be mindful of your thoughts, feelings, desires, impulses and shadows and reflect on your habits, decisions, judgments and motivations to develop humility and self-compassion. That's all a bit wordy. I do apologise there. But basically, it's kind of like a summary of the measures you have to take to know those, which are really, they can be quite difficult. It's a very, very th difficult thing to do in an objective way. Well, they do say getting to know yourself is one of the hardest and longest things you'll ever do. Yeah. Um, because we can't escape ourselves. Well, some people do, but that's called suicide. Sure. Um, but at the end of the day, learning to live with yourself and being okay and happy with and you're uncomfortable um, with your own company, I should say, is is the goal almost, sure. or, or the result, I would say, of getting to know yourself. Um yeah, and a lot of people do everything they can in their entire lives to avoid getting to know themselves. Yeah, and, and of course the whole idea of know, in the process of trying to know you, know thyself, you know, if you fall into the trap of spiritual bypassing, you can very much unknow yourself. That's the trouble. It's a bit like the analogy I use of the game of snakes and ladders. You know, on every turn you can go, you know, you can shoot all the way back down. And, and that is, you know, the very humbling thing about all of this, what we're discussing today. Yeah, and I mean, what was it? Um, great phrase I remember hearing once upon a time was that um, everyone has three faces. Right. Yeah. Um, or three masks, whatever. Uh, one face they only show to um, everyday people you bump into the street. Sure. Yep. You mean like acquaintances? Basically. Not even that, just right. everyday people you interact with, say right. the girl in the shop, um, sure. you know, things like that. Um, then you've got your um, the face you show to people you know quite close, like your friends and family. Mm -hmm. Yep. And then finally, that there's that face that you only show yourself. Mm. Yeah. But even that, and that's why I should say it as a mask, really, because even that is still a mask, because at the end of the day, there's something deeper under the surface, which is, I would say, the true you mm. that you have yet to discover. And that is the process of getting to know yourself is eventually, for yourself at least, taking all those masks off and, and that's almost taking a good look in the mirror. That's almost beyond, the, it's, well, it's definitely beyond the personality, isn't it? That essence or core of who we are. Exactly. And this is one of the things that I find often with a lot of people in the world is that um, they get caught up in at least thinking that one of those masks is the true them sure. and they're like oh no i know the true me look here it is sure. yeah, yeah, yeah um and sometimes you can tell that no there's there's definitely something deeper but you know and also it can be that we we are taken to the point of a complete you know emotional psychological mental breakdown to, to, to realize exactly. that where our whole being is fractured well it's what i would call part of the alchemical process of sure. um 
burning things off, getting rid of everything that is sure. not you. Because sure. all we've done in our entire lives through our parents' upbringing and everything is learn other people's ways about doing things, how things should be done, how you interact with people. Um, or just living their perception of us. Exactly. Um, and so we've got a, I mean, I always call it like, um, I always think of things a bit like computers. So I think it's a bit like malware that's built up over time, sure. you know, inconsistencies within the program that you've got to diligently go through and now and decide what's worth keeping and what's not. But if, if you don't, you know, as the computer becomes sluggish, so we do, so we become sluggish and eventually might, you know, generate things like diseases and such like. So, yeah, it's it's important, um, obviously, to know thyself. Just large, large, get my words out. <laughs> Just lastly, on this point about to know thyself and why it's so important. Obviously, the, the idea of to know thyself is at the core of all the mystery schools. If you strip away the you know the propaganda aspect of the text from the major religions and you drill it down to the esoteric element or the metaphorical element that's what it's all about yeah. the quran the bible the torah that's what the you know you it, so its primacy or its importance can't be denied really the only thing is throughout history they've kind of tried to cut that out because sure. the worst thing they want is a lot of people who know themselves yeah sure yeah and just to um look more broadly about uh knowing yourself it's to not be afraid about seeking um other people's opinion opinions or look at contradictory uh evidence because that's the only way in which we're going to determine what is real versus what is an illusion basically and be aware of your personal biases as well because we all we all fall into that trap. So it could be as something as simple as speaking to trusted friends and family. Be prepared to accept feedback that, you know, you might find a bit uncomfortable because sometimes it could be just a friend or a family that has no interest in any of this, but actually says to, to you, you know, do you realise you're behaving or you're, you're, you know, in some aspect of your life where you're stitching yourself up and, you know, we need to be open to... Yeah, I mean, I would say we all stitch ourselves up one way or another, in either um, micromanaging and controlling what the outcome must be like. Sure. And we end up then um, getting something that's not as good as if we didn't try and micromanage no. and control. Sure, yeah. Um, Miti we... I call it mitigating against sort of the worst case scenario, the worst outcome. Yeah, um, I find this a lot with my sister where um, the outcome must be like this, um, with this and like this. Yeah. Um, anything different and don't even bother. Sure. And the fact that she insists on that um, causes her more stress. And Conflict then, with people. Uh, and then everything blows up out of nowhere because, you know, the solution must have been like this. And what I find is if you're less insistent on what the outcome could be, mm. not only are you more present in that, moments yeah. um but you can end up with a outcome that's far better than the one you were insistent on and to begin with sure so that what you're talking about is um the art of a, a detachment or just let letting go which was beautifully exemplified in uh the film yes man jim carrey where you know he just got to a situation where before he was blocking everything had to be on his terms and he just said yes to everything he got a bit crazy and out of hand but <laughs> the film demonstrated that sort of the buddhist point of you know the art of detachment yeah very 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 well so the next point in terms of developing spiritual discernment is 
something that I know I struggle with a lot and I downplay because being a Gemini, I'm stuck in my head a lot of the time. Stop standing behind it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. there you go, spiritual bypass. That's what I say earlier. Yeah. There's two of us, you know, there's two Geminis talking to one another. Uh, and this is about um, the idea of tuning into your intuition. I'll just flesh that out a bit for our listeners. So as you're well, very well aware, it's really important tool to tune into your intuition because uh, it's a manifestation of the unconscious knowing. So pay attention to how your instincts feel in the body. Bodily sensations are often an important indicator. So you might be facing an important decision or dangerous situation. So butterflies in the stomach, pressure in the head, a feeling of dread, or maybe tingles up the spine. It's all very primal aspect of what it means to be human. So the, good, the thing is to track it and use it and don't just dismiss it or like I'll often do, view it as a symptom of weakness or, oh, I'm getting anxious now and that's why, you know, I'm getting tingles up the spine or butterflies. Actually, what is your body telling you? That's that's the idea yeah. of intuition. That's the important point. To yeah, make. there's a lot of signals going on. Um, and I find a lot of people always approach this certain, you know, the intuition thing going on there as almost that's a bit too hairy fairy everyone sure. knows you get a certain gut feeling about that there's a common phrase for it we've all had it once upon a time but no one truly really knows where it comes from so we're all a bit skeptical of it and we don't fully trust it like you say yeah um but i've always seen it as kind of like you know we always interact with someone and when you are in closeness and proximity you are literally in a magnetic field that they're producing and yeah. they're in yours yeah. um, from the brain and the heart and what i think it is is um, we can subtly tell those energies coming across energies, and yeah. and then suddenly we're like no i don't like this feeling yeah. and that's when we get that mm. yeah the other aspect of this mike in terms of it tuning into your intuition and why we might miss it is um, our over-reliance on technology and the way in which we interact with technology, we can just lose that sensation of being in the body or the sensation of just being in the body and breathing and dismissing our, uh, our intuition in terms of what bodily sensations we have. So that's another thing to look out for. I mean, I fall into that trap. I would say it's more the aspect of they're not in the now, they're not present in the now. And, you know, because their mind's all over the place, they're not paying attention to the fact that they are getting a little tingle down the spine. Because, you know, what, right now, that text I've just got is far more important. Sure, yeah. That, well, that's what I would say it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, would, I would agree with that. So, lastly, on this point of in terms of how um, we can develop spiritual discernment, um, this one I've called the power of journaling. So, just to explain... Journaling can be a powerful tool to help in spiritual discernment because it's a great way of reflecting on ourselves. You can write down your thoughts and feelings. Um, and it's being reflective requires stillness and sanctuary. So it's good to maybe do this sat by your altar. If you, we were talking about your altar, weren't we? Before? <laughs> if you have an altar. And use the journal to make a habit of exploring your thoughts, mindsets, feelings, habits, beliefs and shadows. And one idea to throw out there is for our listeners, you could choose one area of your life that you you would like to evaluate. Might be a relationship, uh, work situation, family commitment, uh, personal goal, habit or an addiction. Explore your thoughts and feelings towards this one area of your life. It's common for feelings of anger, anxiety, frustration, depression, jealousy, shame. Also, um, 
joy, ecstasy, gratitude, or even just relief to surface. But just important to explore, explore why you might be feeling these strong emotions. This is something I used to do a lot of, but not so much recently. But I can vouch for the fact that journaling is an incredibly powerful tool to get into the truth of yourself and you know what issues you might be dealing with. I'm not the best person to talk about the whole journaling thing because I am terrible at have it. You, have, you, have you never never had a go in the past? Oh, I've tried. I'm just not good at it. <laughs> it's a bit like things like a, a gratitude journal, uh, which some people use, don't they, in order to manifest more things to be grateful for. And I'm sure that, that there is there is a lot in that. And uh, again, as we said before, sometimes it's really uh, easy to lose sight of those simple things that we can do every day uh to to help us really i was gonna say one thing i do find the importance with journaling is the idea of um grounding certain thoughts instead of holding them up in your in your headspace sure. um because the more they rattle around there the more energy they're using up i would say sure. it's almost like i'm dragging around extra luggage with you when you're walking around sure. it's not it's not good for your for your mental headspace so if you've got an idea that's rattling around, write it down. Sure. Uh, I think that's definitely important. Um, I struggle with um, the need for it on a day-to-day -day basis. More sure. like when you've got a certain issue, it's, like I said, tools for the job sort of thing. Yeah, sure. Um, like, I can see uh, one of these journals being great if you've... Because we all got cycles. We all experience the same sort of problems over and over and over. It's the way life works. Mm. Um, and every everything's on that cycle and it could be that oh i'm going through that problem again mm -hmm. if you wrote in that particular problem down that you've had in the journal before you can re re look back and refer back to it what happened last time let's just refresh myself what did i do how did i solve it oh yeah that's that's how i deal with this at this time yeah. so you can track back at least you've got the physical thing written down yeah um i can see a journal being really great for that i i just for myself at least struggle with the idea of Oh, I've actually got to write this, write it down. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Um, I just don't have time for it, honestly mm. speaking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's horses for courses. It's, yeah, it's whatever. Works. But I, I definitely see there being some value use in it and value. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Right, it's been a very interesting episode today. Um, thank you all for uh, listening in. Uh, we hope that you've um, enjoyed the show. Uh, as we always say, um, we'd love to hear that your views on spiritual bypassing it is a huge uh, issue and very prescient as more and more people uh, look to incorporate a spiritual dimension to their life. Uh, Mike, I think it's going to become more of an issue. Um, so, yeah, please do share with us um, if you have any uh, views or, 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 or experiences as well. So um, if you'd like to get updates uh, when we release new material, new episodes, please do follow us on Podomatic. You can also follow us on Facebook. We have a Facebook group where you can contribute your own stuff to, which we uh, a lot of people do on a daily basis. And it's great. We're uh, kind of cultivating a little bit of a community there, Mike. Yeah, you? I mean, that's the whole aim with that thing. So I yeah. hope that goes well. Yeah. And we also have the obligatory Facebook group. Um, and on there, we uh, you can message us. Uh, so if you have any any ideas and you have any views on the show, um, you can do that there. I would so, love to hear if there's any topics you want us to talk about. Yeah, sure. Remember, folks, if you're not in control of your consciousness, then someone else is. Bye for now. Bye.